Hey, this is Tom Liu from Sound Matters Radio and Talk Shift with Tom Liu. You're listening to Joel Moutre on the Empower Good podcast. This is must-listen audio. Download it, listen to it right here, right now. Hey, Tom, thank you so much for joining me on the Empower Good podcast, and I'm excited to have you on. We just earlier today finished a, a reverse. You interviewed me for your show, and now I want to interview you for the Empower Good show, so I'm excited to have you on. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Joel. I appreciate it. Yeah, we've spent some time together already today, and what a great couple episodes we did with you earlier, which are going to be coming out soon, so love the, uh, love the back and forth. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. And uh, thanks for inviting me on there. And uh, there's some good content on that show. And now we're going to, I want to get, now it's my turn to pick your brain. So this is sure. perfect. So uh, just actually, you know, I mentioned this in our pre-chat, but I just want to mention this for the listeners as well. So, you know, I'm just kind of trying to switch to more being transparent and open and actually explaining what I'm doing as we're doing it. Because the point of Empower Good is for, is a vehicle for me to learn and for others to learn from people who are doing uh, who are communicating on modern media. And um, one of the things, uh, the reason I pick people to be on the show is because number one, they have a backstory. They have a why. They want to do be successful with a purpose, which is what you want to do. You want to make an impact as well as you have a pretty cool background story, as well as they're good at what uh, we want to talk about, which is communicating on digital media. Because I, I've, I've never been more uh, convicted or burdened with the fact that there's never been a better time in our history to communicate. And so with that said, I'm excited. Uh, let's dive in. Just, just give us a quick uh, little elevator pitch, as it were, just who you are, what you do, give us your handles so everyone can get that off the bat. And then I'm going to uh, ask you a little bit more about your story in a minute. Yeah. Um, great. Um, well, Tom Liu is my name. L-E-U is the last name. It sounds like I have two first names. It's historically been destroyed uh, in print and in verbally. People have pronounced it every way. But Tom Liu, my handles across all social are the same. It's at Tom Liu, T-O-M-L-E-U, at Tom Liu. All the usual suspects, I'm out there. My website is TomLiu.com. That's my main hub, but I have a bunch of sites. Um, I'm a photographer, Joel. I'm a professional speaker. I got into photography by way of speaking. I've been speaking for years. Um, I'm a musician. That's my background. I started off, I've been in bands for over 30 years. And way back in the late 90s, early 2000s, I started writing columns for musicians that were up and coming. And that's how I got started sharing content. Uh, a lot of these younger bands were coming to me and my band saying, hey, how do we do this? What do we do about that? How do we reduce our learning curve? We've been doing it for a while. So I started writing this stuff down. That turned into a column in a newspaper, turned into some radio spots, turned into a book, turned into an audio book, turned into me speaking at music conferences, which from there is expanded into other things. And so that's kind of how I got started. I grabbed a camera about almost 10 years ago, just because I was needing photos for my speaking gigs that I wasn't finding out on Google anymore. And then that turned into a whole thing of me doing professional photography, both concert and other things, which I didn't intend on, but it's turned into a this whole thing, which I love. I love it. I love it. And uh, so I got that. But today I write and speak on principles of personal development. Specifically, I talk about shifting. And in my lexicon, shift means to change. And my argument is, is that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of us that are in communications and, and uh, using media and digital media and all that, you know, we want to go out and make a difference. We want to 
change the world, you know, to, to some extent or another. But what I argue is, is that a lot of people aren't willing to look at themselves first, make the changes intrapersonally first before we can go out and really affect change in the, the broader world. And so I talk about those things and it's all geared to be positive, but it's also honest, it's direct, it's transparent. And, uh, you know, sometimes we got to look at that stuff and that's part of my, part of my backstory as well. So. Man, I appreciate it. You know, it's funny. We talked about that earlier, the importance of change and adaptation and uh, whatnot. And that was, that was, we just had, you guys have to go listen to the episode. So if you're listening to this pre or post, whenever his episode comes out, you have to go check it out. And uh, is, uh, is your show just on the radio or is it on on, uh, iTunes too? Yeah. So I have a radio show that's actually on broadcast radio in the Illinois area where I'm originally from. I live in Florida today, but again, talk about technology. I broadcast remotely from Florida back up to Illinois. My show, my radio show, which is also a podcast, it's called Sound Matters. That's out there on iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn, all the all the usual places that people want to download and, and on-demand audio, the Sound Matters show. And then soon my talk shift with Tom Liu is going to be a webcast show. It's also going to be a podcast as well. And my YouTube channel is just getting going. So yeah, it's a, it's a radio show and uh, I have a radio show and it's also a, a podcast. We've been doing it almost a year and a half now and uh, got a whole library, got our 50th, at the time of this broadcast, my 50th episode of the Sound Matters show is about to air tomorrow. As a matter of fact, so that so. that's exciting. Go check it out. Uh, Sound matters on iTunes as well as Tom Lou on all the appropriate places. But let's let's go. Let's take a step back. I want to talk to you really quickly about your backstory because you know people strive to be successful for many different reasons. Obviously, we need to take care of our family. We need to earn money. You know the typical things. I'm not talking about that. And and the people that I interview normally don't do it because they want the Ferrari, even though there's nothing wrong with wanting to you know you know, have a little fun. But the point is, what is your, what is the chip on your shoulder? Like dig deep. What's, why do you strive to be successful? Why do you strive to make an impact? Like, and then, you know, some people had car accidents, some people, you know, they just, you know, X, Y, Z, like what's your backstory? What's the reason why you strive to do what you do today? That's a great question, Joel. I appreciate it. You know, the, the why is, the why is based on my, based on my backstory, which is this. I, I said I was a, a musician, I've been a musician, still am for, for many, many years. And for me, the story isn't new. It's kind of cliche, but I got caught up in the, the trappings of being in rock bands for 30 years. And I engaged in and indulged in all the typical stuff that you can imagine at, a, at, a, at the level that my band got to, which was regional success. We weren't you know household names, we weren't famous, but, but regionally in the Midwest, we did really well, recorded an album on and on, toured all over the place, did all this stuff. And uh, I got caught into that lifestyle. And for me, um, I got sucked into the whole thing. I, my drug of choice was, was alcohol. And for many, many years, I overindulged in that. And about 15 years ago, I took a hard look at me. And I, I used to say this, uh, Joel, when I was out and about, I'd be out partying with my buddies. And I was everything I always wanted to be when I was drinking. I would talk about things in gonna do, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. I got plans to do this. I got plans to do that. And truth is back then I wasn't doing any of it because I was too busy killing myself, a slow suicide by drinking in excess. And so about 15 years ago, I, I took a hard look at myself and decided I needed to change. And as easy as it is to say that, it's so hard to do. But um, I reached out for help and I pulled the trigger. And for me, I went down the 12-step route and that really, really helped me. Uh, back then, especially in the early days, uh, the first several years of my journey. And going through that process, Joel, I learned about me and all the things about me that were 
things that I didn't want to know about me, the things about me that were the problems. It wasn't alcohol that was my problem. The problem was me. I was using alcohol to run away from feelings that I had about things about me, my life, my family, growing up, this, that, and the other things, stuff that we all have in varying degrees. And I avoided all that like anyone else does or, or does. Some people use different things. It doesn't have to be alcohol. It could be drugs. It could be food. It's sex. It's work. It's money. It's relationships. It's any number of things. My argument is we all are addicted to something, maybe multiple things. And the question is, is do we have the cojones <laughs> uh, to look at that and admit those things and then do what's necessary to uncover that which ails us. And only then do we have the chance to grow. So for me, going through that process, and it took years, is how I grew as an individual. My why then became, I want to tell that story and uh, share some of the tools, techniques, and strategies that I've learned, not only through going through recovery, but my background is in psychology. I've got a master's in psychology. I've been a college instructor for many years. I'm a, a coach. I've gone through professional coaching training and all this stuff. And all that to say, um, I have some tools and things now that I can offer to others to help them maybe where they're stuck because I believe we all are, but so many people are just resistant to saying that. They're, they're afraid of it. They're the pride, the ego. And I know this because that's where I was with it. And so that's my why. I want to help. The passion of that oozes out of me today. And so when I, when I say talking shift, talking change, getting honest, looking at that. There's so much good that people can do, but we're all our own worst enemies. And we were, our, our, a lot of our ailments are, are self-inflicted and we're stuck in these cycles of self-destruction. And until we get honest about that stuff and change ourselves, we can't possibly hope to change the world or at least to the level that we aspire to. Dude, I couldn't agree more. And I'm so fascinated with the fact that you brought this up. And it's not even, I mean, like your story is part of what I want on the podcast, but I actually want to, I want to dig a little deeper here because I want to tell you a quick story. I had a yeah. friend of mine, he was uh, addicted to some drugs and he didn't want to be. And, uh, but you know, I think that, and then, and then I was telling him, I was like, Hey man, cause he looks at me as somebody, cause I, I didn't do any drugs at the time. I actually never done drugs, but, uh, he, he looked at me and he's like, Oh, you're the, the clean, holy, kind of person. And I was trying to reach, you know, I was like, bro, we all have something. And, uh, and, and for me at the time, it was media addiction. Like when I was sad and discouraged, I would go watch YouTube for hours or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was really, really fascinating. I want to, I want you to comment on this right here. Um, and that is, is the, uh, are we addicted to the substances or behaviors or are we addicted to not addressing our inner problems? Okay, great question. It's the latter, and I'll change the verbiage just a little bit. We're, we're addicted to, there's two ways to look at it, to either feeling good or research shows, the data proves out that we're, we're more addicted to not feeling bad. Human behavior is more driven, we're more driven to avoid pain than even to seek pleasure. So that means that whatever it is that weighs on any of us, Whatever your age, whatever your persuasion, race, ethnicity, religious, not religious, whatever it is, we're addicted to not feeling pain. So we will use whatever person, place, or thing. I call them vice, devices, or distractions to insert into our life to help us change our feeling states. We want to feel different, i.e., we want to feel good. I don't want to feel bad. I don't want to think about that. That bothers me. I'm depressed about this. My family, my parents, my breakup, my wife, my kids, my dog, my job, my money, whatever. 
I want to feel different. So we will use things, YouTube videos, food, working out, alcohol, drugs, sex, whatever it is, to change our feeling states. And what happens is, is that we like how that stuff works for us. We find what works for us. And then what happens is we develop patterns and we, as humans, we're, we're patterned. We go back to the things that work for us because the dopamine and the serotonin is released in our brain. And we're like, I like this, I like this, this works for me. We go back, we go back. And then as a result, we can become addicted to that behavior over time. Wow, that is, that, that's so fascinating because I actually had this epiphany. I had an addiction a while back. And once I overcame that addiction, I realized all along that I wasn't actually addicted to that thing. What I was really addicted, because all of a sudden the whole new thing surfaced, which is codependency, literally like not facing your problems mm-hmm. and wanted to, and it turned into something else, you know, because the whole time before I, I thought that I was addicted to this certain behavior. But, but when I, once I overcame it, a similar problem was still there. And I realized the root issue that it was really that when I'm down and discouraged and we all go through this, some of us are more positive than others. We all have our times when, when I'm down, discouraged, extremely tired or whatever, I don't feel like sitting down, thinking about it, reaching out and talking to somebody about it. What I want to do is just hide that. And that's what I was addicted to. I I wanted to avoid pain. So I think this is so cool that we just went into that because it's, it's a little, it's a little, I mean, I think, I mean, I was just, I'm re-inspired because to know that you like that whole, anyways, I'm just stoked. It's, 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 uh, you said, you know, key thing, isolating. When we're in pain, a lot of us, we want to isolate and it doesn't matter if we're naturally wired to be introverted or or extroverted. Uh, We isolate and we don't want to, we don't want to reach out and there's a stigma attached to this stuff and maybe we're embarrassed and and, and we've got all these feelings around this. But uh, I, some people say to me, Tom, this subject matter, it's, it's so deep and it's dark and, and I disagree. It's, it's not, it's, it's serious. Yes. This stuff is serious. We're talking about, but we're talking about our, you know, again, whatever people believe, but this is our one and only go around here on on this planet. And this stuff is so important. It's the ball game. And, and until we look at these things, I find it empowering. I find it uplifting because I can't tell you, Joel, how much different my life is today. Now, I'm not, I'm not telling you I don't have any problems. I'm not saying I don't get down and I don't have challenges. Of course. But what I can tell you is different today is that I don't have to go do this over here to help me feel better about this over here. And that's strength. That's good. That's power in, in the best possible sense. And there are ways to overcome this stuff because people do. Lots of people do, but sadly, the larger percentage, much larger, don't because they won't choose to be honest. You know, it's interesting. Something that you said reminded me of this right here. Many people think of the idea of like, oh, I'm not free if I, I'm like, just do whatever you want. Like drink alcohol, do drugs, uh, sex, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, I'm, I'm free, but it's very fascinating. I think you can comment on this is that actually, you're in bondage in many ways. Yeah. And, and it's not until you can decide not to do it. That's when you're really free. Definitely. And people lie to what are they lying to themselves when they say like, I'm choosing to do this, I'm free to choose this, but then, then they just, you know, is that like, do people question. say like, I can't live without coffee. Is that freedom that you're choosing coffee because you like it or is that bondage? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, choice um, is is a big part of what I talk about as as well. You know, I'm uh, I'm choosing to drink coffee. I, I drink coffee to this day. Do I drink too much of it? I might. 
Um, but I'm not at the point yet. For me, the, the, the pain associated with my caffeine intake hasn't reached a threshold where I'm ready to make that change. Until that happens, I probably won't. The word, another word that begins with C, we talked about choice, change, is control. And, and, and when we're talking about behaviors that we repeat, we have to, and also another C word, consequences. We have to look at the consequences of the choices we make. Once the conse- if the consequences are negative over time and they get to a point of, as I said, threshold, only then will we begin to make a change. But I have people sometimes come to me, they feel compelled to tell me that I still drink, Tom. I know you don't, but I've got it under control. I only drink beer during the week or, you know, and then maybe a couple of mixed drinks on the weekend. I've got it. I can control it. And I'll argue back and I'll say, hey, that's great. First of all, you don't have to tell me if you drink or don't drink. Lots of people can drink normally. I'm not a, I'm not a teetotaler and say nobody should drink. A lot of people can drink normally. I couldn't. Once I started, it went to an extreme and I had negative consequences as a, as a result of it. But control, here's my argument. If you're trying to control something, I'm going to argue that I argue that you're already probably out of control because why else would you try to control something if, you know, if if you're not already out of control, I'm going to control this. I'm going to control if someone's um, um, overweight and they're trying to control their food intake and they're trying to control their diet and maybe how much they work out or whatever, because you could say they're out of control. They realize they've gotten to a point where they want to make some changes and they want to go back another direction. And so it's no different than any other thing. Um, and so control, change, choice, uh, we are in bondage uh, uh, to a lot of things. And they can be to varying degrees. And, and again, the only way out of that is to get honest about it, look at it and say, all right, what do I want to do? And you might choose right now, well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm still choosing this over here. I realize it might not be the best thing for me, but for now, I'm still going to go with that. Okay. But at least you're honest about it. We talked about it earlier when we interviewed earlier about being self-aware. And that's a key thing. But it's not enough to just know. You have to do. Yeah. And sometimes I get overwhelmed with how many things that need to be changed in my life. And one strategy that I've employed is asking myself, what decision or what small change can I make right now that would make the biggest? Like it's the, it's the neck toe principle. If you stub your toe or slice your neck, you probably want to stop the bleeding in your neck first and right. then deal with your stub toe later. Sure. You know? And so that's something that I've employed and it's worked very well. And for me, it was trying to go to bed early. If I go to bed early, like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. then I all of a sudden have time in the morning. I'm awake. I can do my self uh, development and reflection and reading as well as exercise and eat a good breakfast, which then rocks my whole world that day. So very, very good. Let's move a little bit more into the history of, man, I, you know, we could talk about this topic for a long time, um, but I want to I bring it back because I think that, that what we just talked about right there is so important to our listeners who are trying to make a difference in the world. And you can't help others unless you yourself are taken care of. So I'm so glad we got to briefly uh, touch on that topic of I guess you could call it not just self-development, but just self-awareness as well as taking care of yourself and understanding how uh, if you're not taking care of, you can't help others. So let's move a little bit into the practical. And uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about radio. Okay. So you're on the radio um, mm-hmm. and uh, as well as you're on podcast, where do you see the, the tech, uh, te- technological advances taking us? Like, is radio going to be obsolete? Should I be on the radio? Um, Or just talk to people in general. Like, some people don't get it. Some people listening, they don't understand the massive shift that's moving from large, long, long long-form content on, like, books, 
uh, uh, blog, uh, you know, newspaper, TV, uh, radio, et cetera. And then now moving into the short form, digital, social, podcast, vlog, blog, uh, media form. And even now into voice, you know, voice controlled assistance, et cetera. Talk to us a little bit about that, just the shift and how we need to wake up and start, you know, now is the time to communicate. Yeah. Wow. Great, great question, Joel. And a huge subject. And I'm by no means am I an expert on technology, but I can tell you this. Uh, if you're a person who has a message, like we talked earlier when you and I interviewed on my shows, um, you have to be out there on and embracing modern technology, i.e. the internet, social media, et cetera. And I'm saying this as a person who um, kind of was a little bit kicking and screaming into it. I've been on social media for years and years and years since the dawn of it, but I haven't really embraced it fully until just recently. And I'm, I need to continue, you know, quite frankly. Uh, do I think radio is going to go away? I don't think it's going to go away just like I don't think broadcast or local news TV channels are going to go away just because there's YouTube out there. I think it's obviously changed. The audiences are different. The, uh, the demographics are split. No longer do, you know, uh, mass uh, people watch one show or, or one thing or listen to one radio show or whatever. We're all over the place. We have more choices than ever. I think that's going to continue. I think the smart entrepreneurs, I think the smart marketers, digital marketers and, and others are going to be on all platforms that they can get on. Should you get a radio show? Um, I would say yes. If you can get on to a terrestrial radio station anywhere, you should. Why? Not because I'm an old school guy and grew up listening to AM radio, as a matter of fact, that's dating myself right there, but because there are still a number of people out there that look at terrestrial radio as a more legitimate broadcasting avenue and, than say- And when you say terrestrial radio, you're talking about traditional AM, FM. AM, FM, a building down the road, uh, the radio station with the big tower up in the air uh, that broadcasts. So my Sound Matter show is on that station, uh, on a terrestrial radio, a brick and mortar building, and it broadcasts out of there. I also co-host a morning show on that same AM, a talk radio show on that same station. But then from the get-go of my Sound Matter show, I've, I, I knew that I was going to embrace technology and have it become a podcast immediately. And it's an interesting story. When I first brought it up to a couple of the, the marketing people at the radio station, I said, you know, I want this show from day one, from episode one to also be a podcast. They kind of chuckled at me. <laughs> they kind of like, what? I'm like, yeah. And this one guy says, I'll never forget. Well, everybody wants to have a podcast, Tom. Like you can't, everybody wants that. And I said, well, you can today. You, you can, you absolutely can. The tools are there. You just have to research it and figure it out and put one foot in front of the other, make it happen. So, um, Having a terrestrial radio show, an actual radio show, opens more doors for me than, say, just having a podcast. Although, I'm not disparaging podcasts because I have a podcast too. Uh, but the barrier to entry to have a podcast is much lower than the barrier to entry to have an actual radio show. And they're different animals. So, if you can have both, if you're in broadcasting, I would say you should. I don't think they're going to go away. It, it adds credibility, opens more doors. Um, as far as social media and, and video and all that, I mean, YouTube and all the other things. And I mean, I, I, I have to learn it all and embrace it all. And I think it's only going to continue to grow. And I think we're missing the boat. It's digital marketers or anyone for that matter, if we're not all about it and learning every avenue that we can and being on it in all ways, shapes and forms. So that's really, really wise. I want to talk to you about starting something. A lot of people um, that might be listening 
um, that are listening, because if they're listening, they're listening. Um, <laughs> um, they, some of them are in positions like myself and yourself. We have already gotten to level one, two or three, and we're trying to excel. There's others that are literally listening, that they have this, this uh, call within their heart. They know that they have a talent. They know that they have uh, a message or whatever, or they're trying to refine that, trying to figure it out. They just know they want to make a difference. How would you, what was your advice to someone going from zero to one, uh, trying to, I'm not saying, I mean, we can talk about practical things later, like how to actually start the podcast. That's a different topic, but like, you know, you want to do something, but should I talk about healthy cooking? Should I talk about influencing? Like I'm talking about, like, how do you actually like develop your topic, develop your channel, uh, you know, just from the very you know big picture perspective? First answer is don't overthink it. Coming from the king of overthinking. Don't overthink it. Write it down. Plug in the tools. Plug into the tools that you need to get started. If you want a podcast, but you say, well, I don't have a good enough mic. It doesn't matter. Just start anyway. Don't overthink it. Um, when I had the opportunity for my radio show, I was hosting the morning show. I talked to one of the guys I was co-hosting with who's been on the station for years and years. Great guy. I said, has there ever been a show like X, Y, and Z on this radio station? That was my question during a commercial break one day. He said, nope, I don't think so. But because I developed a relationship with him, which again, situational awareness, I asked it at the right time. We'd already developed a relationship. He says, nope, there hasn't. But I think you'd be the perfect guy to do it. He's like, you should pitch it to Joe, the other guy who makes the decisions. I said, great. So, I quick wrote it all down. I already had kind of it jotted down, but I wrote down my idea. It wasn't perfect. And if it was left up to me, I would have overthought this for, for another two weeks, month, a year maybe. But I, I set a meeting with this other guy and I had to go in and pitch it to him. So I wrote it all down, page, page and a half. I went in and I said, here's my idea, blah, 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 blah. Didn't even have a name for the show, Joel. Didn't have a name for the show because I had been overthinking that for, for weeks and months. This has been, the show had been in my mind for for years really. But I went in, he says, okay, I love it. Let me pitch it up to the, the other guys that make the decisions. He came back to me within a week. He says, let's go with it. We'll give it 20 episodes as a trial. This was in late November. He's like, let's start it first weekend in January. So I had a little over a month. That was it. And that turned out to be massive blessing in disguise because I didn't have time to overthink this thing. I just went in and I started. My initial idea was this for the show to be about this, 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 and this, two or three things. And it's still about that, but it's grown since then. It's evolved and that's okay. It's going to change. You can think about everything you want. It's still going to change. It's going to evolve. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. So write it down. Don't overthink it. And just start. And again, I'm talking to myself as I'm talking to anyone else listening. <laughs> no, I, I just had to do that. And I, and I, one of the things that I remember listening to, I was listening to uh, Russell Brunson's podcast. I think it was, a market, it was marketing in your car, but now it's marketing secrets podcast. Fascinating. You have to listen to it. Um, I, uh, or the listener should listen to it. And I remember one thing is like when you're trying to develop your topic, trying to develop something, just start communicating on it. And you had the opportunity to start literally being on air at a radio station doing that. Um, in my case, I didn't. So I started an Instagram for two reasons. Number one, I wanted to build an audience so that when I launched, I had at least some listeners ready to listen, right. as well as I wanted to develop my thoughts. And so I started communicating out loud. I would go on walks and I would talk out loud as though I was on my podcast. 
communicating. Yeah. I would ask myself questions. I would literally journal and write things down. I would talk to my friends and I would communicate my ideas as well as make daily videos on Instagram. And as I did that, my thoughts developed, my message honed in and I got better at it. And I started even having epiphanies. Literally, I could probably, if I really went down and thought about it, Empower Good like niche has gotten more and more niche and specific and, and, and kind of navigated at least 20, 30 like little turns since in the last seven months. Like it's crazy how things get more specific. You said a key thing there, something that I do a lot when I walk and talk, um, just by, is there's, there's biology behind that from a psychological perspective. When you're walking and talking, you're, 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 um, lighting up different parts of the brain. You're, you're affecting different parts of the brain that you wouldn't, when you're sitting and just reading quietly, only certain parts of your brain are processing that information. When you get up and read out loud, different parts of the brain are then lighting up and being affected as well. And it, it crosses over and it gives you more ideas. So they, they say, you know, if you're going to practice giving a speech, literally stand up and stand in front of a room and say it out loud as opposed to just sitting quietly. So there's something to be said for that. Some of my best ideas are done when I'm walking and talking to myself. Or in my case, I record into my phone, into a, a note-taking app or whatever, audio, what have you. And so, yeah, just doing it. Because what happens is, like you said, you get better at your more ideas come, things that you wouldn't thought of otherwise. And you get better at becoming improvisational. You get better at becoming um, good at ad-libbing and on the fly talking about your ideas in sound bites and having natural pauses. Absolutely. And that applies for those who are not uh, speakers or on video. I mean, for those who want to write or yeah. whatever, just start. I, th I like to call it thinking out loud. So whether mm -hmm. that's writing, talking to friends, actually communicating on a channel, whatever, start communicating. And uh, for, I, you know, even for those who don't even know what they want to talk about yet, just start talking to your friends about things that really stoke you like to the core and like make you happy. Definitely. Uh, and, and I will say those that say, well, I don't know what to talk about. I will say, yes, you do. Yes, you do. What are the two th things that you're most passionate about? If you had all the money in the world and all the time in the world, what would you do today? If you didn't have to go anywhere and make money, if you didn't have to be anywhere or do anything other than just live, what would you choose to use your time on today? I would go to museums and look at art. Great. Talk about that. I would go canoeing. I would go fishing. Great. Talk about that. I would uh, dig a ditch and um, you know, um, become an archaeologist. Put in a pipe or something. <laughs> Whatever it is, that's what you start with and then let it evolve from there. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, I love the fact that when you, when, you, when, you, when you develop and you speak and you communicate and think out loud, how things change is actually more fun than thinking that you have a set brand in, in, in place and you know, that it's all set up. It's actually more fun to watch it grow as you go. So I want to ask you real quick, let's get real practical here. Um, I want to pick your brain. You're a, a, a podcaster as well as a radio host. And uh, the interview you did, I'm going to keep on mentioning this all the time. It was a good interview. Um, you are a very good interviewer and I'm, you know, cause oh, I'm, I was being, I was the interviewee, but uh, I want, I want to, you know, pick your brain on the workflow. Give me your secrets, your prep time, you know, and of course, you know, phrase it in a way that, you know, if someone's a YouTuber or they want to do an Instagram or whatever, like just let, let's talk about workflow and just like what your process is with the podcast. Um, sure. and just kind of how you prepare it. You, and maybe we can touch into questions later. Let's do that right after this one. Like, how do you prep your questions? Like do you research? Like, what do mm -hmm. you do? Well, I guess, yeah, the, the answer to that kind of ties in both of those parts, but my workflow is nothing for me, nothing substitute. There's no better substitute for research. So before you and I talked earlier today for, for my shows, 
I wanted to know as much about you as I could in the time allotted. Now, granted, I don't have unlimited amounts of time, but I never go into interviews or anything without some amount of prep. I want to know, I go to your website, I go to all your social media, I check out some things. And not only do I go and just do a cursory review, but I actually listened to some of your podcasts. Now I had before that, but I listened to some of them and I, I dug in and clicked around and went to some places and I found the most useful one that I found was the one we talked about on my show. You did the episode zero zero where you kind of interviewed yourself and you laid out what Empower Good is going to be about and what your thoughts were and this, that, and the other thing. And that was where I found some of the most useful things. And then I listened to you interviewing some other people, pulled out some things that you said there, took some notes. So I have it all written down. I write out questions in advance. Uh, do I get to them all? No. Do I get to some of them? Yes. Uh, another key thing is, is listening, of course. You said some things in our interview that took the conversation in directions that I didn't know it was going to go. I knew it was going to go different places. I just didn't know where, but then I got to listen and be able to go back and go off your script and say, Hey, you said something a second ago. I want to return to that, blah, blah, blah. So, um, I do a lot of research, got to know the technology that you're using, whatever, whatever tools you're using, whether you're using Skype or zoom or Instagram or YouTube or whatever, you got to have obviously a base knowledge of that, that you do on your own time, but you get good quality audio, you get good quality video. And then I'm also a big believer in post-processing, you know, the editing. Um, I just said, um, we say, um, a lot, we have uh, uh, little gaffes here and there. I produce all that stuff. I want it to be natural and flowing, but I also want to give the listener the best and most easiest experience to listen. So I try to take as much of that stuff out. So I, I, I edit some of that stuff out, the, the gaffes that don't add value. You know, um, I want the content. I want what Joel has to say to really resonate. And I don't want people to get distracted by just, you know, the other things that happen and, and stuff like that. So yeah, maybe you could comment a little bit more on that. You know, you've heard the, the phrase document versus create, you know, yeah. obviously like this idea where we're, we've, we've are, I, th I think we're coming out of the Instagram filter age where everything's, you know, curated and everything's edited and everything's, you know, a very traditional radio TV, you know, newspaper mm -hmm. kind of like it's all perfect as it comes to market mm -hmm. versus more of, uh, just kind of letting what happened happens, you know, and, uh, you know, allowing, like, for example, you asked me a question uh, that I didn't know the answer to in the last episode. And uh, you're obviously going to leave that in there. I even said, I was like, Hey, maybe you should edit this out. Cause I didn't have an answer, you know, but at the same well, time, yeah. you know, like comment on that. Like some yeah. people, and the main reason, sorry, the main reason is because many people say, I don't want to start because I can't make it perfect yet. Mm, I don't mm. have the equipment. I don't have the talent. I have the money to get mm. all these things. Or once they have the equipment, you know, I, I can't put that. Or they take 30 shots of themselves, like doing the video or yeah. 50 takes, like comment on the idea of like, how do you balance quality mm. and at the same time, efficiency and transparency? That's a great question. And what a huge subject. And let me be transparent with you and anyone listening right now. I personally have struggled with this and been struggling with this for quite a while now, which is why going back to what I said a few minutes ago, been on social media, but I haven't fully embraced it to its fullest potential yet for that very thing. I'm a guy of a certain age. I'm 50 years old. And I come from the era of pre-internet. Half my life was spent before the internet and the other half has been spent in the internet. So I've 
got kind of this dualistic perspective. And I come from the old school world of things are produced and they're perfect and polished and all this. And my natural inclination, Joel, is to go there. But I understand today that you can't do that in today's day and age. You have to turn things over faster. So documenting was initially a really sore spot for me, uh, you know, and, and all of that. And I've yet to fully document myself. I like to, I've tried to find a place that's halfway in between produce overproducing and making things perfect and documenting just turning on your cell phone and being in your car and talking and warts and all that's that I'm trying to find a place that maybe I call it archiving and it's kind of halfway between documenting and creating where you get the best of both worlds I'm trying I'm trying to achieve that so when you talked about earlier our interview I asked you this question kind of through your curveball you weren't sure you're like maybe you should edit it out will I edit that I might edit only just a little bit here or there, but the, the whole, just, just any of the gaps that make it longer than it needs to be where it loses its effectiveness. But the, the part about, oh, geez, I don't know, you know, I'm probably going to leave that in because you know what? That was real and honest and it doesn't show you in any kind of a bad light because what you ended up going on to say as far as your response to that question was great. But to help people see the process of you think I, I watched you in real time, your mind going from A to Z to come up with a, what that's it, took a, it took a while, but that's great stuff. And people want to see that that's the real. So I have to figure out how to uh, balance it out. I don't, but then truthfully though, I also don't want to see 20 minutes of, or the first five minutes of someone's, uh, hey, um, okay, so I'm getting my camera ready and I'm, I just got done eating breakfast and I'm putting the kids to bed. Da, da, da. And then it's five minutes in before they actually say anything that I'm tuning into them to hear in the first place. I think that there's a line there. It's just my opinion. I think we could leave all that other stuff out, get to where they're talking about the real stuff and then let it go. And if there's little uh, 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 in there during, that, during the, the content part, great. That's okay. So I think it's a decision. I think it's subjective. And I think it's up to the, the producers of the shows, the podcasts, the videos, whatever they are, to kind of make those decisions. I think there's a happy medium though. But admittedly for me, I'm, I'm learning that. So Instagram videos and stuff, they're forthcoming to me. So that's what Talk Shift with Tom Liu is. And it's forcing me, again, back to the beginning of this conversation, forcing me to change and go into things that are scary to me. And being not fully polished is, is, is scary to me, if I'm being honest. But I've, I'm doing it now with you, and I've been doing it. And the more I do it, it's amazing. But you build momentum. You get strength from it. Like you said, when you're walking and talking and speaking, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And the funny thing is, Joel, is that that's what happened in my recovery journey. I was so scared to go to that first meeting and admit that I had this problem. But once I did, it's the one builds on another and another and pretty soon this momentum is next thing you know it's a week it's a month it's a year it's five it's 10 years you're looking back you're like what the heck happened and your life is better so not to over dramatize this but documenting and all of that you know i think it's a journey it's a process but i think you also need to be true to yourself and do what you what's comfortable for you and what's true for you as well so some people are more chill and more open and, and whatnot. And I'm mm-hmm. one of those, et cetera. And some people, they are better. They don't like being, uh, well, they're just naturally, you know, very professional and very clean, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I remember when I first did a speech, uh, I got knocked like the first three speeches in speech class was because I was, my voice was too canned. I was like, welcome everyone to the, you know, versus like, hey, everyone, Joel <laughs> here, you know. And, and that's what I struggled with in the beginning. My first videos were very like, hey, everyone, welcome to the Empower Good podcast. You know, like, 
because yeah. that's what you hear on radio. Um, yeah. I wanted that I, I learned that it's better just to be like, hey guys, Joel here from Power Good, and it's more of just chilling. That's me because my friends were like, uh, the voice that you have on your podcast is a little different right. <laughs> than what I know in real life. And they obviously, they like the real me, you know? The last thing I want to talk about here, oh, go ahead. Oh, I just really quick. One thing I, I got, I had a good fortune um, back in um, 2002 to 2007. I was a host of a TV show in my hometown. It was a done at a local community college. And it was a show that the video students had to produce to, um, um, to learn how to shoot light, mic, do audio, video, and all that. And it aired on the local cable channel um, in Illinois, where I'm originally from. And I did this show for almost six years. And I look at the tapes from the first couple episodes, the first season or two, until the later, well, I ended up doing 100 half-hour episodes, interviewed hundreds of people. And in the beginning, I was very, you know, nervous and stiff and, oh my gosh, and, and then as time went on, yeah, just what you're talking about, you become a lot more chill, as you said, and relaxed and conversational, but still being able to be, you know, smooth enough, professional enough to get the job done. And that goes back to the research part, because every guest that I talked to, I knew enough about them. And even when they were maybe a dud guest, giving you the one word answers, you ask them a big open-ended question, yes or no, and they say, you know, you can still go in and, and, and take it from there. And, you know, so that was a great, uh, that was a great training ground for me as well, doing that. And that was all pre-internet then, so, or pre-social media, I should say. I want to take, um, I want to take uh, and give the listeners a little inside scoop here, what it's like to be behind the scenes at Empower Good and the thought process. I learned something from you in our last episode. <laughs> Guys, you have to go listen to the other episode that's on Lou's, uh, Lou's channel. It's going to come out. Uh, but you had me do something, uh, like a little intro. Uh, had me as your guest do a little intro. And um, I think this is fascinating. On this episode, I'm going to wait until this episode uh, to do this. And then obviously if the people are listening, they've heard this part coming up and then they've heard this podcast and they're listening right now. And tell me why you had me do the little introduction. And uh, just, just real quick, um, what are your thoughts on that? And, uh, and again, this is really cool because my listeners are literally going to learn how I'm learning and I'm trying new things. And by the way, if you listen to this and you like the intro, please let me know on Instagram. Uh, or in the review section on iTunes, et cetera, because uh, I want to see how it goes. Well, th yeah, this, this comes from, I guess, from being in actual radio and kind of being one of the older school people. I asked you to do a show ID for me. Some people in radio, they call it a drop or whatever. It's where you say, hey, this is so-and-so from such-and-such, and you're listening to X, Y, and Z. And uh, it does a few things. One, it intro. I, I use those to begin every one of my podcasts because – the first person that they, that someone's going to click on one of my podcasts or, or shows, they're going to hear, they're going to hear the guest that's coming up as opposed to me. Hey, this is so-and-so and you're, you're listening to, and then they say me. That adds credibility to my show. It adds credibility that uh, I had this relationship with this person before they even hear one minute of the actual interview or the audio or, or whatever we talk about. Um, it's fun for them. It gives them an opportunity to add some you know, personality if they're so inclined to the actual ID itself. You did some really fun ones for me and you know, added some color and flavor and personality to it, which is always more interesting because that's real life. And uh, like I said, it adds credibility to the, to the, to the show, before the show even before the show even starts. And then I have a collection of them. The other reason from a behind the scenes aspect, Joel, is at this point, I've got, I don't know how many of these things, many, 30, 40 of them. And you can link those together in a reel at some point. If someone's wondering, hey, should I 
is this empower good really legit? Is this sound matters with Tom Lou or talk shift, anything that I want to do? And if you, if you have a string of these, you could put a little one minute of them together. You hear four or five, six people that some maybe they've heard of, some they haven't, but it doesn't really matter. It's like, wow, it lends a lot of credibility that people took the time out to, to do that and say, plus it also, it's a dual marketing thing. It says who you are, where you're from, plug. And it says, hey, I'm endorsing this guy that I'm doing this show with and here it is and here it comes, you know, it sets it up. So there's a lot of good reasons to do that. And uh, psychologically, it's a persuasion tactic. It's, it's social, it's a, uh, you know, it's social proof. Hey, this is Joel from Empower Good. You're listening to Sound Matters with Tom Liu. Anyone that knows Joel from Empower Good, it's like, oh, all right, this Tom Liu must be okay then. If they like you and follow you, whether I, whether they think I am or not, they don't know me, but they know you. So it's going to help me build it. So there's that reason as well. So it's all good. I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to, this episode is going to be the first one. We're going to, we're going to take it from there because I think even the aspect of doing it afterwards, using that like a little short snippet on Instagram or on Instagram story or using it in a video or, or even on the website as a, you know, it's quotable, you know, et cetera. So um, I think it's awesome. Last question here real quick. Yes, What's the most influential thing that someone has ever told you? You cannot share what you do not know. You can't help people with things that you do not are able to help you. What's the most influential thing someone has shared with you? Hashtag learn and share, right? Mm-hmm. What is it and how has it impacted you and your ability to help others? Hmm. There's probably about 10 things, but the first thing that pops in the mind is what I'm going to go with here in, the, in, in this truest sense of being transparent. Um, I learned a long time ago, somebody told me a problem shared is halved. It is what? Problem sh- halved, cut in half. A problem shared is halved. And it goes back to the very beginning of this particular um, interview that we talked to you about here, Joel. If you don't tell people what's going on, if you don't put it out there, start with yourself and then start with others and then take it to the next level and share it. It might not solve it. Some problems are big and complex, but it's halved. It takes the edge off. It reduces the tension, takes some of the steam out of it. If I, can, if I have a relationship with you and I can call you up and say, Joel, I'm struggling with this. Here's what's going on. I'm hurting. You know, you might not have the solution for me, and maybe there isn't one, but it's just, it's halved, it's, it's cut in half, it's reduced, and that's the beginning of healing, and that's the beginning of progress, and I'll take it a step further, that's the beginning of success, <laughs> if you will, because, you know, we all have problems, but we have to get them into a manageable place to where we can move forward and accomplish the things that we need to accomplish. Slay those dragons and then go on and do more things because slaying the dragons is the first half. Then it's going on and achieving the things that we want to achieve. But some of us get so bogged down with our problems and we isolate, we keep it inside. We don't want people to know we're embarrassed stigma. And I'm just saying, if I can encourage anyone listening, don't hide. Don't hide from your problems. Don't run from them. Don't be embarrassed. Just understand that when you share something like that, that's a put, you're coming from a place of strength, not weakness, and you're on the beginning of a new life. And that's that's uh, that's powerful stuff that stayed with me since first I heard it. So, hey man, thanks for empowering me. You can check him out at the following where? Yeah, at Tom Liu, T O M L E U. Tom Liu at Tom Liu across all social media. My website is uh, TomLiu.com. And then my radio show, SoundMatters.tv. And I'm on Instagram and all that. And connect with me, follow and all that. And uh, I'm getting really good at uh, communicating through all these channels and stuff. So I appreciate you having me on, Joel. Thanks a ton. 
Wow, what an epic episode. Seriously, these episodes are getting better and better and better. And I'm just thoroughly thankful for the fact that you would take your time to listen and to be inspired and empowered. Go ahead and visit empowerguy.org for more resources as well. If you want to stay in touch and, and to really not miss any episodes or anything, go ahead and hit us up on social media as well as like, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on the platforms in which you are currently listening. Finally, just want to say a quick thanks to my Empower Good team, Karen, Ricky, Brian, and Jasmani. And until next time, do not forget to empower good. <laughs>